0: After an extended break from the Mars Hill Sports Podcast, we are back. I am your host, Tyler Jones. It is so good to have you here. And for today's episode, it's going to be the Life and Times, episode 24, for number 24, Life and Times, and the Legacy, on and off the court, of Kobe Mamba Bryant. So, what we did was we compiled a series of, of interviews with people who had watched the transition from Michael Jordan to uh, Kobe Bryant to LeBron James and seeing how the NBA has really had we we, like NBA fans we've been so lucky to have superstars just run this league for an extended period of time here Uh, and as an NBA fan myself I'm very excited to see where this goes after the LeBron era, so yeah, make sure you check out our series of interviews. There will be timestamps regarding uh, which interviews will be happening first. Also, since we've had such a break here and I've been so busy, episode 25 will be releasing tonight as well. It is Saturday. February 29th we recorded a, an NHL trade deadline in review episode earlier this week and yeah being pretty busy so I haven't really been able to get anything published but yeah so good to be back this upcoming week we're going to have a couple of episodes and yeah should be good a lot of exciting things happening in Spartanville right now here at Trinity Western University And also, before we get on to our first segment of the Kobe Bryant podcast, episode 24, a very exciting announcement will be made at the end of episode 25. So make sure, if you're going to check something out, episode 25, the very end of it, last couple minutes, should be uh, uh, quite interesting. And you might be surprised as uh, uh, many people are. so very exciting for the future of not only Mars Hill but my my uh, career or my my journey towards yeah becoming a as big of a name in the sport sporting world that I can be. so yeah anyways, we are going to get right on to our first segment of the Life and Times Kobe Bryant with. Jaquillin, Q Gilbreth, let's Q Manny Dewsbury. So what was your initial reaction to the, the shocking death of Kobe Bryant? Um,
1: it was just, like, real shocking, like you said. I really didn't believe it at first. Right. It was, like, something that was, like, hard to believe and just didn't sound right at the moment. And it still, it still doesn't sound right to this day. So it's pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, 100%. And it's got kind of one of those things that's like, takes so long to settle in and feel, like, real... And then all of a sudden, you're just like, it's real. And yeah.
1: seeing how it affected so many people, yeah, that play ball, it's just crazy too. It's even it makes it even worse.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. So were you into like Kobe sneakers growing yeah. up? So what was your favorite yeah. pair of Kobe's? um Probably the,
1: I would have to say the fives. Okay. Um, growing up, I think I've had every pair starting at four. Oh really? Yeah. And this year, the majority of shoes that I wore was Kobe's. Kobe's, so, yeah. okay, nice. I feel like they're my favorite shoe to play in. Yeah,
0: okay. Do you still have a pair? Yeah, I have a lot, actually. Really? Okay, yeah. man. Are you a bit of a sneakerhead? Probably a big one, I would say. Okay, okay, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, I had the Kobe. I Sorry, I never had them. I will, always wanted the Kobe 6s. Those were sixes, yeah. Those were the dopest with like the like snakeskin kind of yeah kind of print so okay
1: nice i had the the concord ones of those oh that's sick yeah now every kobe shoe right now is shooting up in prices yeah it's kind of annoying
0: yeah it is pretty frustrating people just knowing that now's the time to sell it and it just becomes a business and it's like it just shows like how the entertainment business whether you're in sports or like acting like at the end of the day people care about the brand which just like it sucks because Kobe, Kobe was much more than a brand. So do you want to explain a little about um, Kobe apart from the brand of Mamba and on the court? Um,
1: I really just liked his, like growing up, like I've always watched like what he brought to the game, and, right. like his work ethic and what he did like outside of basketball, like studying the game all the time, you know slowing the game down in his eyes and then like these past couple years it was just real cool to see how happy he was just being a being a father and not just you know worried about basketball he was just more of a father first which was real cool Mm -hmm. to to see him like outside of basketball but I feel like what he brought to the game was just so different in like his mentality and like it's just he was just separated himself from everyone when it came to Right. Like, work ethic, you know, and, and things like that.
0: Yeah, 100%. So, when you're on the court, like, how do you implement the Mamba mentality? It's a bit of a tough question. There's <laughs> so many, like, different ways to, like, express that, obviously. But how would you say, like, Kobe has impacted your game on the court now? Um, I feel like he just, I feel like it just
1: should just give everyone... A extra step right you know or like a boost in confidence or you know just like a more wheel to want to work hard you know yeah 100 yeah.
0: percent. okay so man yeah what like what's a moment in kobe's career that like really sticks out to you as maybe a pivotal moment in your fandom of him and like looking up to him as well as like possibly just like maybe like some of those Celtics-Lakers final series. So like what what sticks out to you when you think Kobe?
1: Um, The game where he um, went down when he tore his Achilles. Right. And he still walked to the free throw line and made both free throws. Yeah. You... I feel like that was like um you could just really see how he was as a person and like how tough he was and how much he really cared about the game. Like, you know, he was in love with the game and you could tell, you you could really see that by just, by not just that, by many other things, but that's what really made me see like, like, okay, like, like he's the
0: real deal, you know? Yeah, 100%. So what sticks out to you as like something you can carry forth in your life, whether it's on the court or off, um, from Kobe's life and times? Uh,
1: just work hard at whatever you do and just fall in love with it you know fall in love with the process of wanting to get better at everything that you do
0: yeah 100 i i dig that big time man so like you you said you you said that it was re on your basketball team who actually told you first right yeah okay so how did like the guys that because you you live with a couple other guys on yeah, the team I stay
1: with the. Uh re and gabe man
0: yeah good. okay so what what was their like reaction to it as well like i can't imagine just the whole basketball world was uh, shook
1: yeah yeah we just we just woke up in the morning and like after re told me like i kind of denied it and didn't believe it yeah. at first and then and then gabe kind of confirmed it with uh within like maybe like 15 minutes later he was like no like it's really true and so, like, um, I would just say the room was, like, just super quiet for, like, hours. And, like, it was just a weird day. Like, everything was just weird, like, throughout yeah. the whole day. So, yeah, just real quiet. And you just couldn't believe that, like, you really passed away.
0: Yeah, 100%. So, recently, kind of, kind of an unfortunate way, and, and probably a bit of a surprising way, to end your, uh, your first season here at Trinity Western... Uh, Leading the nation and scoring and all, and all of a sudden you find out that you are actually uh, ineligible to play this season. Could, so could you walk us through uh, this situation and like your thought process around the whole thing? Because I remember we actually had you on the podcast like a week or two before, and like everyone was like so hyped about like the numbers you were putting up the season, like how like even just like the wins that. Uh, that came against McEwen or even just, like, yeah. closer games. Like, we'd been so used to a, a struggling basketball program, and I think you brought all, a lot of hope this season. So could you walk us through uh, this whole situation? Um, it was just
1: a few hours before the Alberta game where, you know, we kind of got the news, and right. it was pretty tough. And But I handled it well, you know, Yeah, I basically. I basically played this whole season, so no one can take that away from me or the things that I did. So right. It was still a blessing the way it goes. And
0: just a quick thing. We had to edit out a portion of this interview due to a certain reason that will be made public, hopefully sometime pretty soon here. But, yeah, he does hint a little bit at it. Uh, just wanted to shout out that Q... He will be playing uh, on the Spartans team next year, the Spartans men's basketball team, as of now. So whether the ineligibility thing is still up in the air, uh, we're trying to figure that out. But it it is looking like he could be back in a Spartans uniform next year, which we would be very grateful for. Man had an awesome season, gave a lot of hope to this program that, had been struggling for a while so we're gonna fast forward a little had to cut out a quick portion and we are gonna get back to that interview with Q. Knowing that you're back for all of next season now is huge not only for your own basketball career and um, possibly exploring other opportunities uh, once your time at Training Western is done but even just for the team so like tell us about tell us about that
1: oh that's exciting you know I'm just ready to get to work with the guys you know just try to you know add on to the little the little things that we did this year you know to just make it make it big next year and I feel like we're heading in the right direction you know we're starting now you know most teams probably don't start this early but we're starting now uh, you know just trying to get better and you know preparing for next year
0: yeah for sure so last question here, we're going to jump back to Kobe quickly. So the Lakers and a lot of NBA organizations did do a lot to recognize Kobe and just what he meant to the league, the Lakers, the game of basketball. Could you provide a little insight into like like what, like what was your opinion on that? Like I thought it was just awesome seeing even like the Celtics recognize that and the Celtics like we're kind of supposed to hate Kobe because of that Celtics-Lakers rivalry, but then, like, shows you how, like, sports can unite people. So could you provide a little insight on that? Um, I just feel like
1: that's just a good way of showing that it's bigger than basketball, you know. Yeah. Life is important, and, like, no matter the rivalries, no matter the, you know, the things that go on in the basketball world, it's it's always going to be something bigger than that, you know. And so that's just genuine feelings and people showing that you know how much they
0: care yeah for sure anyways uh a very a very short segment but we got a lot more segments coming for the rest of episode 24 q thank you so much for for joining us today and uh yeah we're gonna get right on to that next segment of episode 24 For this segment of Mars Hill Sports Podcast, episode 24, dedicated entirely to the life and times of Kobe Bryant, we got none other than SFU's Simon Fraser University leading scorer, Jazz Singh. How are we doing, my man?
2: We're doing good, man. We're doing good. It's a pleasure to have me on this podcast of yours.
0: Yeah, man. So Jazz and I went to high school together. Uh, I watched him play basketball from the bench. I didn't really play on his team, but we're still we're, we're still homies uh, amidst amidst my uh, it, my deficiencies on the basketball court. But uh, yeah, Jazz. So you're playing at uh, Simon Fraser University right now. Let's hear yep. an update on your basketball career here, because you're actually leading the team in scoring right now.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, compared from last year to this year, my roles um, increased for sure. Right. Last well, last year, you know, I was more of a role guy. Right. Still average around 12 a game, and we were able to make the playoffs the first time, which is a big change, you know. Yeah. We brought in myself, a Santa Clara transfer, our, our big guy, and then and a couple other guys that were key. And so, um, we didn't lose any of those guys that were new to the team last year, for this year, I I think I just worked on my game a bunch this this summer, and that was able to allow me to lead the team in scoring. Now,
0: that's awesome, man. So, and you, you we briefly, you briefly mentioned before you came on to uh, record that you guys are actually really close to a playoff spot right now. Can you explain that situation to us?
2: Yeah. So it's actually a kind of a mess, but uh, we're one game out of the last playoff spot. And then, based on that, if things play into fall, uh, play out how we want them to, we would have um, we would be tied for sixth with another team, and then that would mean we would get the t- the tiebreaker. But that would mean we'd have to win four out of six, which is getting a little weird here with the way it's working out. But right. only thing we got to do is if we take care of business and go six and zero, oh, then we're in the playoffs for sure. If we slip up, go five and one, we're still good. But if we end up going four and two, then we're kind of giving it up off the chance. Yeah, yeah.
0: So entirely dependent on that team that you're deadlocked with right now. So what team exactly. is that?
2: Uh, Alaska Anch- Anchorage. We we played them this past weekend and we beat them. So our season split with them is one and one.
0: Wow. Okay. And uh, man, Alaska. So you went to Alaska this past weekend?
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, no, they came down us. Okay. And we, uh, we we went there a couple of. Uh, few weeks ago and it was like minus 45 it was
0: horrible no tell me about alaska what what tell me some uh what do you do in alaska when you're playing basketball there other than Um, try not to lose a toe in the process
2: no for sure man what you do is you uh you get off the plane and it hits you like a brick no you 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 go from the airport (laughs) to the car and that walk is just horrible and besides that you go from hotel to shoot around the food and then back to the hotel because you don't want to go see (laughs) nothing yeah like last year last year the weather was considered good and it was still like minus 20 and we were able to go see the the northern lights but this year it was this year it was way worse so we the only thing we got to see was a moose that was kind of cool
0: (laughs) (laughs) so that's the highlight of the trip other than well i guess you guys lost your game there so that's the highlight of the trip
2: (laughs) Yeah, we saw moose. Yeah,
0: that that's a dope moose. Anyways, uh, we're gonna get into uh the meat the meaty section here of our podcast. So as you know, episode twenty four, we're here to talk about life and times of Kobe.
2: Yeah.
0: So I always knew Kobe was kind of your boy when we played yep. together. Uh, you you fully embraced Mamba mentality. On and off the court, and the one thing I really, I always like admired about you was you were like, you're not just a hooper on the court, but you like, you put in a lot of hours. Like you were working out, you yeah, like, you cared so much. Like I remember you would hit the gym at like six a.m. every morning and just shoot for like two hours before classes would start at eight thirty. So tell us about like was Kobe your favorite player growing up
2: so before I even like started to play basketball my cousins you know like they loved Kobe it was Kobe everything right and, like growing up it was the Celtics and the Lakers playing in the finals of when course back to back and that's where kind of like I was always a tall kid, but I was never really into sports back then when I was, like, grade four and five. So I really didn't play that much. I kind of went to camps, and that was it. So right. Kobe Kobe was the first dude that I kind of watched, and I was like, this is insane. Like, this is a human being, and he's out there, and he's he's performing at this level every single year. And not only that, he was straight out of high school. So I don't know if you remember, but uh, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to put together – were you on that South Delta magic team you know it yeah I, I actually have a photo of us in the team team photo and i'm wearing number 24 yeah man our, first.
0: of course you wore 24
2: yeah yeah and i can send you that photo but like that's the first time i ever wore 24 and i wore it for those two years and then i also wore it in my high school years it wasn't available to me in grade eight nine but once i got to my my senior years i worked 24 yeah for the for the entire of the years and yeah. then when I got to SFU, my boy Drew, he, he, he got the 24 before me, and his dog name is Kobe, and, I, and I, I'm going to say, he's a bigger Kobe fan than me, so I was like, you know what, I think 24 is yours, I'll take number 22.
0: Right, oh man, I'll, I'll never forget how rattled I was, because I wore number 9 all the time, and then you snaked number 9 for me in grade 9, I was so pissed at you, man, <laughs> you snake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, going off of snakes, actually, tell us about what Mamba mentality means for you and your basketball career because you always had this like stone cold persona that you wanted to nail down when you were on the court.
2: Yeah, I think it just started with it just started with me wanting to be better than everybody else. Like uh-huh. I, I wanted to be like Kobe. Everyone wants to be like Kobe. Everybody wants to take that last shot and percent like, I got to a point where I was I would get my my mom my mom hated this I'd wake her up every day at 5:45 and and this is every day before grade 10 11 12 yeah. we would go shoot and she would drop me off at the gym and I, I got the janitor's phone number behind yeah the, I remember
0: the, that because we would we would toss- do it a couple times together
2: yeah, yeah. and I, I and I, I got the the janitor to open the door for me and I would go in there and I'd shoot from like anywhere from like 6:15 to like 8:15 and I'd take a shower and I'd be like sprinting the class. And like, there was the one teacher I had, and uh, Mr. Harkley, and he gave me a hard time <laughs> every time I showed up late. I'd be like, Coach, I'm getting shots up. I'm getting shots, yeah, shots yeah, up. Yeah. Trust me, trust me. It's okay. It's okay. Like I'm, I'm not doing anything bad. I'm not. Right. Like, I'm, not, I'm getting shots up. Yeah. Like I wanted to take that last shot, and that's yeah. where kind of the Kobe mentality came from.
0: Hundred percent. I, I'm thinking now, and that was totally uh, go twelve with Harkley, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Let's go. <laughs> it was. Hey, that class was with Jordan Bogris, Trinity Western University Spartans hockey player. Yes. We've sir. talked about we've talked about him a fair amount on this podcast. Um, yeah. Okay. And you touched briefly on the those Celtics versus Lakers rivalries. So I think a lot I think a lot of kids our age kinda had like there was like two defined groups for like Young Hoops fans. So, like, my brother and I were, like, we had Rondo jerseys, right? Yeah, Like, it was either you had the Rondo jersey or the Paul Pierce jersey or you had, like, the Kobe jersey. So, you're telling me that, like, you leaned towards Lakers' side on those?
2: Yeah. Right. And me me and my, uh, I mean, I'm sure we, we 100% remember the name Jake Cowley. Of course. the biggest Celtics fan I know. Yeah. And we happen to be best friends from, yeah. like grade 6 to 10 until he moved away and even now we're still good friends we talk like every single day but he's a he's a celtics he's a diehard celtics fan and i was a kobe fan and now we would go back and forth back and forth back and forth yeah so yeah i even wore the kobe's just everything kobe related i was all about it
0: yeah i remember i remember jake rolled up to our class in grade 10 with uh mr powell (laughs) with mr powell And he had this Kelly Olynyk jersey, and we ripped into him (laughs) because it's like, who wears a Kelly Olynyk jersey, man? Yeah,
2: yeah. It's kind of crazy how like the the evolution of who you're a fan of now. Because ever since Kobe left the league, he started to train guys, and someone that now my favorite player, someone I look up to is Jason Tatum, and he plays for the Celtics now. Yeah. And uh, and his favorite player of all time was Kobe, and yeah. he actually got a chance to train with Kobe before he passed. So yeah. like, it's weird now how that goes full circle.
0: Yeah, 100%. I remember, because J- Jason Tatum, like he really, really modeled his game after Kobe for a while, and I think he is stepping a little bit away from that now because yeah. I think it takes a while to get into being Kobe. Like, Kobe exactly. wasn't even Kobe for his first three years of his career right like yeah i i would say we saw kobe from like the 28 to 32 range that for me is what like sticks out to me is like that's kobe like there's like you can think like you can think what you're seeing right now with lebron james is like that's lebron but let's be real like Cavs taking the warriors that historic warriors team that yeah. is LeBron, and exactly. Would you are you still a Lakers fan? Like, do you still keep up with the NBA at all?
2: I keep up with the NBA a lot. I watch literally, I watch like any good game that's on. But like, yeah,
0: I'm in that same boat right now. Jason
2: Tatum's playing. I'm watching like he plays the Rockets at 6:30. I'm about yeah. to just hop on that right after this. Yeah, that's gonna be a good game. And then, and then I'll uh, I'll also try to watch the Lakers, especially now.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, so. You did. You did touch pretty briefly on, like, before the podcast. You we taught we talked a little bit about how Kobe, just like Michael Jordan and LeBron James, now was such a cultural icon, off the yeah. court. Like yeah. whether whether it's the shoes. I remember the Kobe Sixes. Like every kid wanted Kobe Six when we were playing for the Celtics Delta Magic, right? Uh-huh. And like that. For me, just encapsulates like a worldwide superstar of any sport. Like, you have something that everyone wants, like, apart from your career, like, even just an item of significance. Like, you'd see Kobe t shirts all the time. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about like what Kobe meant off the court for you.
2: Oh, off the court, off the court. I think it just goes to speak about kobe and how like in the philippines where he never played a game right or in in china where he might have gone for a tour or so but he never played a full nba game there no and like some of the biggest fans in the world are not even people who ever got to see him play live that's nuts he had he had that impact on the game like so many people look up to kobe and like he's someone like his death affected people in a way that it's people that like Never even got to watch him play. Like never had a one-on-one interaction with him. But like, it's like a lot of people cried when he passed away, and yeah. they never even met, they never met the guy. And I think that goes to speak about how high character of a guy he was. Yeah. And along those lines, well, like people talking about Michael Jordan is like the greatest player of all time and stuff like that. But if I'm looking at like outside of the game of basketball alone, it's Kobe like, off off the court. I'm taking Kobe for like, I might get hate for this, but like, I mean, this is how I feel, and I don't really care. Kobe was the one dude, like, I don't see Michael Jordan working out with the next generation of guys, giving no. advice to the next generation of guys. Not all. Like, he told, he told, he he gives out like cha- challenges to like the NBA's elite. He told Giannis Antetokounmpo, I want an MVP. And yeah. he went on and got an MVP. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, Kobe just had that, that like. He was almost like a modern day, I guess he was Michael Jordan. Like that's what he,
0: yeah. Oh yeah. That's how he had kind of like paved his way in his career. So when you were talking about the death of Kobe, like super unexpected, obviously. Um, Tell us about like your initial reactions to it. Cause I see this TMZ headline and I'm like calling BS. I'm like, there's no way. This happened,
2: yeah.
0: Right, so I, I want to hear, I want to hear your perspective because I knew he meant
2: a lot to you. Exactly. I think it was actually so we came in on a Sunday morning from a road trip, and I think it was a Sunday morning if I'm not wrong. And I woke up from a nap, and that's like eleven o'clock ish. And yeah. uh, our group chat is just blowing up. I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? And I read the link, and it's like Kobe Bryant's passed and for a second i just put my phone down and i was like there's no way and like you can't take him away from us you know what i'm saying like right. it's kobe bryant there's no way it's kobe and then when it actually hit that not a, it was wasn't only him it was his girl the one that played yeah basketball. gianna yeah gianna she embodied kobe like she like you watched her play and it was like oh my goodness and we're watching kobe she was shooting post fadeaways at like 11 or 12 years old like yeah, I'm still barely doing that. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm barely the post fadeaways. Like, she's out there doing it at 11. Yeah. So, like, that's kind of how my reaction went. I was just shocked, I lost words.
0: For sure. So, I like what you said about like how Kobe had been able to like interact with a lot of NBA players. Like, for me, uh, an example that sticks out is even like Kyrie Irving cuz I know they yep. were really tight. Exactly. And Kyrie like reaches out to reaches out to Kobe the moment that they win that title, right? And yep. it's like yeah. that obviously shows it's like the fact that that's one of the first people that Kyrie goes goes to to thank like I
2: think the moment Kyrie had with Kobe after he won, it's like when you do something super proud and you want to go tell like your mom or like yeah. your dad. Like it's that kind of an impact that it had on 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 him. Yeah. And so that's kind of like the why he took it so hard. Hundred percent. He was at Team USA at like eighteen years older than nineteen. Like first year into the NBA, and he was he wanted to play Kobe one on one. Like he was going at Kobe, you know.
0: Yeah. Hundred percent, and like you, I think you saw that a lot with MJ too. Like less on the mentorship scale, but like in a sense, like on the core, everyone wanted MJ's head. And throughout Kobe's exactly. career, it's like Kobe, like they they just wanted Kobe's like they they wanted Kobe. They like give me Kobe. It's like you see like these videos of Carmelo Anthony and Kobe Bryant playing against yeah. each other in, like, the mid-2000s, and Melo is going hard at Kobe, and it's like, oh, cool. Like, this is the first time I've seen Melo play defense in his career. And it's like, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like.
2: And, like, yeah. I'm a huge fan of podcasts, so I, I don't know if you listen to it, but the No Chill Gil, no. that podcast, that's, my, that's one of my favorite podcasts. It's raw and it's unfiltered, but he he said it many times. He says, my most impressive game in my career, and he scored Fifty a million times. He scored sixty on Kobe. Yeah. But he said the most important game of his career he ever played was when he scored thirty-seven on Kobe. Yeah. Because he said if you score sixty on a guy the first time, okay, he's not expecting it. But against Kobe, first team all defense, the s- the second time Kobe wasn't gonna get punked. Yeah. So the fact that he went out and scored thirty-seven on Kobe, who's such a defensive dog. He was like, "That's the greatest moment of my career." Right, like just one, just one game against Kobe. You know, like that makes someone's career. Like you, you want to go out and prove it to him.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Like that's one thing throughout Kobe's career. His defense, like his defensive yeah. abilities on ball, were so underrated. Like people slept on his <laughs> defense hard, man. So
2: easily, easily one of the best two way players of all time. Yes, if not, if not the best. Hundred
0: percent. And it's crazy that we are talking about one of the greatest NBA players of all time and he's also one of the hardest working NBA players of all time like i just yeah. feel like i you don't expect that kind of correlation like kobe's a guy who like obviously had some natural ability but man like without all that hard work like would we be talking this much about kobe bryant today like this this helicopter crash happened over 2 weeks ago now and it's still uh-huh. uh, a hot topic on the news uh, of conversation, right? So
2: it's something that'll never die, in my opinion. No, like, I don't think so. To to live with it, right?
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of like Laker. I think the Lakers are gonna be they're they're gonna be like holding that for a really long time. Like that is sure. the loss of not only an icon like on the court, but just like a Lakers. Like you, you think of the Mount Rushmore of basketball, Kobe's going to be on it. But then there's the yep. Mount Rushmore of Kobe, and he's the pinnacle of it, right? So <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I think the, I think the Lakers are going to go go out and try, and try to win win this one, especially for Kobe.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I, I
2: think once the season starts right after this post All Star break, they're really going to strap strap in and start start to take things to another another height. Yeah. Plus, they got a Demarcus Cousins on the bench that hasn't been seen yet. So no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. These guys can start an average line of, like,
0: 6'10". Yeah, I know. The size is crazy on that team. And then, I mean, if you got... If we could rewind 10 years and get oh nine 9 John Rondo... <laughs> get oh nine 9 John Rondo. A, I think he might have had 24 last, last
2: night. Yeah, he think? hit a 3. Every I
0: was thing. so surprised. <laughs>
2: he had, like... Yeah, three or four threes. Yeah. He's hitting them, he's hitting them nicely, yeah. Yeah, like,
0: I was watching that game, and all of a sudden I see him pull a, pull a trigger from three, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and then he hits it. I was like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> exactly. I, see you, I see you, Rondo. But, yeah, yeah. anyways, any other, are there, like, are there any other players that you really looked up to and modeled your game after? I remember you looked up to Kevin Durant a lot, because I think you kind of, like, you being a small forward, and having like mm-hmm. you you were the only small forward I swear in the lower mainland who was like 6 foot 8 because you're, you're 6 foot 8 right? Yeah. Yeah like you're the only guy who's like 6 foot 8 so like I think Kevin Durant is someone who I think of when I think of like playing basketball with you like, like uh-huh. very scoring minded player like pretty like super long so just creating like defensive match mismatches but
2: exactly, yeah yeah.
0: tell Um, us about are there any other players like you can speak on the kevin durant thing as well
2: um i'd say when i was younger i looked up to kobe a ton and then when i got into high school and i was kind of almost forced to play the point guard position Mm -hmm. by my teams and at being the tallest dude on the floor which kevin durant was um, I watched his game inside and out. I tried to take little like small things like I'm not trying to look at like the dunks and all that. I'm trying to look at how his feet how his feet are set when he shoots. Yeah, how he, he handles the ball for someone being so tall, like how he hides the ball when he goes up for a block. You know what I'm saying? Like small, small things like that are things I looked up in Kevin Durant's game that really helped me me out. But once I got back to, to college and we had the point guard the shooting guard position, and knowing and I, I'm a four man, but I play the three and, okay. and the five well. And so, I my post up game is hundred percent stolen from Kobe. Yeah. And Kobe might have stolen from someone else, but I stole one hundred percent of my post game from Kobe. And the way I'm scoring in the post now, it's hundred percent. Like it's I, the amount of YouTube videos I watch is Kobe in the post. Like that's what I type on YouTube and I'll watch it for like twenty <laughs> to twenty five minutes. That's, and I'll literally wake up the next morning and I'll go shoot and I'll be like, "Okay, so Kobe did this." So yeah, Kobe
0: it's like that. what did I what did I watch so last like, night? You're like watching it frame by frame. It's like analyzing yeah. it.
2: <laughs> exactly. That's exactly
0: what I'm doing. For yeah. 100%. Okay, there's one last thing. Uh I want to I I want to bring up here. I remember you telling me in like grade 9 or 10 that your dad was like a pro darts player or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. can you can you tell us about this like that's so boss
2: my dad yeah so he's from fiji and in fiji at, when he was growing up basketball wasn't big it was rugby or soccer right and my dad being as tall as he was he was thrown in the net he was like just stop the ball from going through the net that's all they want to use you for so my dad, when he came over to to Canada, there wasn't he didn't really have any like sports skills except for somehow he was good at darts. So him and his friends at work, he he had a friend at work, and they would go out to tournaments all over BC. They would drive everywhere. And when I tell you, my dad has over like 35 darts championship trophies <laughs> that are like to the equivalent of like being the best in, like the province. That's my dad. Like it's no. the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> That is
0: honestly, like, the coolest thing, though. Like, who could say who can say their dad is basically a Fijian darts legend?
2: Yeah, for real. Like,
0: Only you, it's, man. It's,
2: it's weird. It's yeah. weird,
0: man. Yeah. Yeah, that's unreal. Anyways, Jazz, thank you so much for coming on, man. We are rooting for you here uh, as My you pleasure. are in a bit of a deadlock with the Alaskans <laughs> yep. for, uh, for 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 uh, a playoff spot there, that sixth spot. So I appreciate you coming on, man. And we are going to get on to our next segment. But before we do that, uh, any final words on the life and times of Kobe Bryant?
2: Just rest in peace, man. Just yeah. rest in peace. And I hope that, like, the people who play basketball don't ever let his – legacy like die on like if i'm ever throwing away a piece of trash the small things i'm yelling kobe when i shoot it hundred like, percent it's just the really small things that are gonna help kobe live live on and I, and I think there's no doubt in my mind that that's gonna happen
0: yeah for sure anyways thank you so much man and we're gonna get on to our next segment of episode 24 of the hill sports podcast life and times of kobe bryant So for this segment of episode 24, we are joined by my cousin, Brendan McKillop. Brendan, how we doing, my man? Good,
3: man. What's up?
0: You know, Good to see you. He's sporting his Vancouver Canadians hat. Bit of a hot take. You, it's pretty rare you see a, a single A hat being donned. Hey, hey man. It's a good hat. Yeah, there it's you a go.
3: quality, quality it hat. It is a quality
0: hat. Very nice logo. Yeah. Um, we're going to get right into this here. So you grew up watching Kobe um, to a certain extent, but you also... Got to witness a lot of the tail end of Michael Jordan.
3: Mm-hmm. Can yeah. you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I uh, as a kid, I, I grew up, I kind of learned about basketball through Michael Jordan, I'd say, right. uh, watching him and uh, and the Bulls kind of do their thing. And then beyond that, also watching the Rockets win the back-to-back championships totally. uh, with Akeem. And, and so that was sort of my introduction to... Uh, to basketball, NBA basketball, but I'd say that um, I, as much as I got interested in basketball at that point, it wasn't until Kobe came in that I actually like st- actually started falling okay. in love with basketball. Right, because yeah. you were you were always
0: hockey as any kid growing up in Canada really yeah. is going to be. So, like, how
3: old were you when Kobe came into the league? I think I was uh, I think I was about eleven oh okay yeah so, 11 yeah. 11 okay. 12 something like that okay. so uh yeah I was a huge hockey fan growing up and then as I got into playing basketball in uh in about grade five six right. and started playing on on some some youth teams I actually started being more into the game yeah and getting for sure. getting more into it seeing a little bit more uh of the I don't know just the cooler aspects of it and I I my also sporting landscape my mindset around it had had changed and grown a bit so right. um yeah having having kobe come along and there was like that 96 draft was was sick there was so many guys that came out of that mm-hmm. one uh ray allen sharif who played in vancouver yeah. um and then Kobe was a was a part of that like legendary draft class, which was, I would say was
0: the most integral part to that. Yeah, exactly. Ended up yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Even though he was like the thirteenth overall pick, yeah. he ended up becoming the guy that defined that draft. Yeah, and which, traded from Charlotte right yeah, away. I know of What, li- a, what, a,
0: what, a, what a, bad take by charlotte well
3: the only thing about that though is that in that those days like big men were a lot more valuable yeah. than they are now yeah, right it's and true. and vladi divak was he was a good big he, man. Was, he was a, a valued man. he was a valued big man yeah his king's days were <laughs> pretty lethal yeah he was he was that chris weber mike bibby yeah exactly. combo with, with vladi was uh yeah they're a pretty lethal combo right Um, But that 96 draft, I think, was one that kind of changed the whole direction of the NBA going into the 2000s because Iverson was at the top of the draft. And and Uh in terms of a guy who was like dynamic, he kind of he changed a lot of the things that that the way people saw basketball, the way that the things that he brought to it. But Kobe sort of, I would say he transcended it as he, you know, you come into the early 2000s, him and Shaq win those three titles. Right. Kobe Um, was a winner.
0: Yeah. We saw Kobe win at such a young age, and eventually
3: carry that on to
0: hit the rest of his career. There, right? So. Yeah, yeah. His
3: his thing was that he just he, he made it happen, right? And um, a lot of those other guys, maybe not quite the same extent. And I think the the cool thing about Kobe is that um, coming in as a seventeen year old kid, like he was he was a backup. Yeah, like, he was a he was a sixth man for yeah, his yeah. first season. Um, but then he became that one two combo with Shaq. Mm-hmm um in the in the early 2000s and and they became like the best the best duo in the the league in the league exactly yeah yeah yeah
0: okay so like what sticks out to you regarding like kobe's excellence filtering down to even like you grew up here in langley Mm -hmm. you playing you playing high school ball like what was kobe like the man still like everyone's like i want to be kobe bryant kind of thing I
3: think to a certain yeah I think a lot of people loved Kobe. I think right. at that time I remember a lot of people really liking Iverson. Yeah. and Kobe. Um, and there was still a lot of people liking Jordan because he had come right. back with the Wizards by that point right. in time. Um, but uh, but yeah, Kobe was always one of those you know in a conversation about basketball, he was going to be someone's first or second yeah. favorite player or 100%, something along 100%. that. Hundred percent. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, like. Would you say Kobe was like the man for you growing up though? Personally, like, would you say he was your favorite, or were you more on the Iverson Jordan trend?
3: For me, at the like, it was interesting because I was like, I think, like I've said earlier, like Jordan was the one that sort of like got me into, right, into basketball, right. the one, the name that I knew, and mm-hmm. I loved his game. Like watching Jordan, it was, it was, it was awesome, especially yeah. those last those last three rings. Yeah. Um. But after that, like when Kobe came in in '96 and and the '97 season, um and won the dunk contest Mm -hmm. like I think that really changed my mind I I started really loving Kobe and so he was my favorite player for a pretty extended period of time right um and then I I started really liking Allen Iverson right for me personally that was sort of what shifted I Mm -hmm. I always loved Kobe I love the way that he played um but uh but Iverson just had like I don't know whether it was his attitude or yeah, yeah. just <laughs> the dangle, the like his, yeah, the yeah, there was like, there was a style thing about, yeah. about Iverson yeah. that, uh, and he the was, answer. yeah. And I feel like he was a little more of an underdog.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. Because he always, he never had the roster that like a Kobe or Jordan had, right? Like who was his supporting guest? Well,
3: and I mean, the other thing too, is like Allen Iverson was a guy that didn't necessarily want or think he needed no, a supporting exactly. cast. Um, and That's so to was like, a part of the equation. right? Yeah, exactly. And I think yeah. that was the thing about Colby, Col- Colby, Colby, Colby is that he, um, he had this understanding that he needed to be, he needed a team around him. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I feel like that was probably one of the biggest things with him and Shaq was just that frustration because Shaq was yeah. such a specimen. Like he was enormous and strong and talented, but he, um, he, he didn't work very hard. Yeah. And Kobe was like a relentless worker. Right. Kobe, his whole persona was like kind of derived off Michael Jordan in the way that, that, that Jordan approached the game of basketball. percent. It was like, it was focused, it was hardcore and it was desiring to be the best. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think the other thing too, that's interesting is that Kobe came in, like I said, he was 17. There wasn't a ton... In 96, there wasn't a ton of uh, guys coming straight out of high school. No. Uh, Garnett had done it the year before. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like, he became a Hall of Famer. Um, and there was a couple guys that started coming out. But then Kobe... With Kobe and then Garnett coming out... Or, sorry. Co- Garnett coming Garnett out. And, and then, Kobe, then yeah. Kobe coming out. It became more of a trend. Um, and there's a lot more people that, yeah. that did it.
0: Yeah. You saw... Who was it? Kwame Brown
3: came yes. right out of high school. Yeah. That was a bit Curry. of a disaster, but Eddie Curry, I think. Sean yeah. uh, Livingston, I think. He Sean might Livingston, Jamal Crawford. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Sebastian actually, Telfair. I don't know if
0: Jamal Crawford came right out of high school. Mm-hmm. Don't don't quote me on that. Thing, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think Amir
3: Johnson did too, actually. <laughs> Yeah. Did he actually? Yeah. That's no. a deep dive. That's awesome. That's that's some
0: Raptors facts. That's right. right. There. I feel
3: like he was like one of the last guys. He like, was like yeah. one of the
0: last guys of that Raptors meme era. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, yeah, that's right. Like there was like the Tito Turkaloo yes. era. He was like He was. He lasted a bit longer than Hito. Yeah. He he wasn't a bad player. No, no, no. But he wasn't great. No, he He was so mediocre. Yeah. Yeah,
3: He brought he brought something to the table. Right. Exactly. But in that, yeah, it's that that like those high school players. It's like a lot of guys. I almost think that they saw, Kobe and and Garnett come out, um, and they thought that they could do it because their talent was good and their talent was great, but. There was a different kind of mindset that those guys had totally. and as you see like Garnett when you when you like hear the way that he talks about oh, the game his approach. Like, yeah. He's he's just crazy i love listening
0: to him talk about basketball but he's like a man like no other yeah
3: exactly and and Kobe was the same way he was somebody who was just like he was a killer yeah exactly like not like his his mindset was just to be the best and he was gonna like do anything to get to get there like you hear these stories of kevin garnett like running on the treadmill like
0: after the after the game for like an hour he's like oh i'm just getting getting them getting some work in. it's like dude like you've just got the work in in the 42 minutes you just clocked. Like, yeah, chill, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. yeah. And, like, him lasting so long in the league, like, that guy, it was all mindset for yeah, him. Yeah, like, it was. It yeah. was. And
3: I think as you see, as you saw his career uh, evolve and change, right. he, that Mamba mentality was not there in the beginning. No, no. Because you
0: touched earlier on how, like, there was a bit of a shift. So, yeah. like, tell tell us about this shift. Can you, like, map this out for us here? Yeah,
3: so I, like, from me, as I've been, like, thinking about this after, after he, he passed away and stuff. I was just, I I recognize that him coming out at 17, like there's some stories that Jerry West was doing where he didn't even know how to drive. Like Jerry West's son was taking him to practice. Um, And then it shifted to the point where he's, he's, he's still, he had that super competitive nature, but he was a kid. Like he was putting out rap videos and all kinds of stuff. And he was sort of like, I feel like there was a lot of him buying into what, a basketball player was supposed to be. Yeah, like do. he was like
0: that it was all the hoop pipe, right? Exactly. Like it wasn't the NBA hype. Yeah, it was the hoop hype, right? It's like he, he the had, glamorous
3: lifestyle, like exactly. Yeah. And living in LA, it was yeah, the same exactly. thing. man um, probably thought he was fresh Prince of Bel Air. So. He pretty much yeah. was the fresh Prince exactly. of Bel Air. Um but Jordan, like the, the he had that relentless work ethic, right? The 100%. same as Jordan. And he was like patterning himself to be the next Jordan. Yeah. Um But I feel like as time went on, and after Shaq left, and after eagle colorado and all the 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 stuff that happened through then yeah there was a shift that that i would say happened a lot of it was around that time that he switched his number to 24 20 yeah from 8 to 24 yeah like he still when he scored his 81 points he was still wearing number eight but right around it was around that same time i think it was the next year he switched to 24 and that's when the mamba mentality came in where he was like it wasn't just good enough for him to be the next Jordan. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be the first Kobe Bryant.
0: I think it was him taking a lot of ownership too of like, not only like his career, but like the Lakers organization. He's like, this is mine,
3: thing yeah, now, yeah. right? I, so, think, I think that's a good point. I think yeah. that, yeah, he kind of, he jumped kind of full in. He's like, this is my spot and yeah. I've, I'm i gonna make this what it's gonna be. Yeah. And and then you saw that over the course of those next uh, three, four years. Yeah uh the back to back championships you mm-hmm. know going in against the, the 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 Celtics and like knocking that that uh that team off you know that he he shifted that mentality into into that mamba mentality where he became like the like I said the first Kobe Bryant yeah. he wasn't trying to copy or model his game after anybody yeah, else exactly. he was he was like establishing uh-huh. his greatness his legend
0: like kind of going from like the second coming of michael jordan to this is kobe like there's no like there's no no doubting like this guy is like a man of his own now like he's winning rings and and like as the forefront of the organization too right right, so i think like a lot of the time people are like oh like he only won those rings early in his career because of Shaq, and like there's an argument for yeah, but absolutely. Like any guy who is the second best player on a championship winning team is a damn good NBA player, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, so definitely, yeah, yeah. I
3: I, w- I even think like the thing that happened is that he if when we think of the Lakers now, like yeah. we think of Kobe. Yeah. Before then, I wouldn't. I'd say that the like it was Magic mm-hmm. that was the was the face of that franchise, and I mean that's has to do a little bit with probably recency bias, but yeah. at the same time, like. I also think it has to do with like the way that he put his mark on that organization, right?
0: And it can be even argued now, like Magic is still one of the biggest faces. Yeah, of course. Of the Lakers, like, at, like until he resigned. He resigned. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from I think as like president of basketball ops or something. Yeah. But once he resigned, that was like, like that is like arguably the face of the Lakers organization because LeBron was fresh. Yeah. Like bunch of new faces in, like yeah. you got Anthony Davis Anthony Davis looming on the horizon, yeah. possible Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. there's buzz buzz going everywhere on like
3: who's gonna be LeBron's one B, right? Right. But yeah. yeah. And I so, even think like I when it comes to LeBron, like He to me, I always think of LeBron as a calf. I don't think him of him even as like as as a Heat a guy playing for the Heat. Like I I I don't think that him going to the Lakers is gonna I'm ever gonna think of him as a Laker. Yeah,
0: no, I I agree. Like at the end of the day, LeBron is a calf and his most notorious moment is in his career is that series against the Warriors, right? So Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. because I grew grew up in the, like, the LeBron era. Yeah. So, like, I was born in 99, so I I catch a lot of, I think when I was, like, eight years old, LeBron Mm -hmm. just really burst onto the scene. Like, we'd heard about him in high school, like, I was too young to know. Right, yeah. uh, You had heard about him in high school, and, like, this guy coming from some school i just remember they have the irish <laughs> jersey yeah, yeah. the irish uh but Le- i grew up in the lebron era era and it was always like who's better like kobe or lebron right, right. that was yeah. like the big debate for a while and obviously lebron began to slowly yeah. separate himself from kobe but kobe was still like winning and like yeah. kobe was relevant for so long i think that's why he's such an icon not only culturally but it like as like a basketball player yeah. in itself like yeah. He was able to like grab the attention of so many different eras of basketball fans and so many like people, right? Yeah, yeah. So like people my age are talking about like how they grew up watching the Kobe, Kobe going up against those Celtics teams with Kevin Garnett. Yeah. Or exactly. like Dwight Howard and the Orlando Magic, right? Yeah, so, yeah.
3: yeah. No, I think I think that's a that's a, a good point as the the. Um, the way that Kobe was is that he was good early, he was good in the middle, right, and he was good to the end. Like, I mean, obviously the injuries uh, later in his career hampered him and slowed we knew, him down. We knew
0: that's the, like I think the 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 last Achilles tearing yeah. was like when we're like, okay, this is he he's he's done. Yeah, he, not, he was not like, exactly done, but yeah. like we're never gonna see what Kobe was. That's right, right. Yeah. So and that that happens in every. Every pro athlete, That's right. at it's going to happen point.
3: to LeBron. Yeah, it's going to happen. Exactly. It's it, it, it it's amazing. It hasn't happened yet to yeah. LeBron, and hopefully it doesn't. Like I hope that LeBron's got a lot more good years. But right. yeah, those last those last years of Kobe with like Dwight Howard and Steve Nash, those aren't like the the necessarily the most memorable things. But right. he was still somebody like, I mean, he scored sixty points in his last game, 100%. even though he like threw up a ton of shots. I yeah. think he might have been the only guy shooting that night, but like he was still. He was still had an impact on the game even at the end. It wasn't the same impact, but he still he had an impact. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So
0: to conclude here, I just wanna ask you like what was like what were your initial thoughts on the passing of Kobe Bryant? Because it was so unexpected. Like I was in the foyer at after the church service mm-hmm. and I open up my phone and Apple News is like, yeah, like Kobe Bryant dies at age of forty one in a helicopter crash. I'm like what? Yeah. And I see it's a TMZ report, Rachel, and so I'm like, oh, it's bull. Yeah. And then, like, you see Woj, when, for me, it was when Woj dropped it. Right. Uh, cause I'm like, th- like, this is the one guy I would trust with, like, a legitimate source, right? Yeah, yeah. And, like, bunch of misreports. Yeah. Like, absolute, like, mockery of journalism throughout this whole yeah, ordeal. Yeah, ordeal, Like, disrespecting yeah, the, the Bryant family, all families involved yeah. in this yeah. this like absolute tragedy like it like it doesn't like let's move away from kobe for a second here like not only his daughter like his daughter's teammates yeah um baseball coach uh altavelli yeah yeah, Alt- uh, yeah. yeah. or something yeah, like he, that he, yeah i think he was coaching at like some college yeah and like the helicopter even the helicopter driver like was, like terrible terrible yeah. terrible story and like you like I can't imagine being in Vanessa Bryant's oh my gosh, shoes, no. and you find out from TMZ that your husband just died, yeah. and like a guy who like took helicopter rides so he could be with his family more, like because yeah. he didn't want to like have to be dip diving through LA traffic. That's like, right. Yeah. Uh, after Kobe's shift and like the eight to twenty four idea, like Kobe became not only Kobe became not only. This this idol on the basketball court, but the kids looked up to Kobe on a work ethic standpoint, and like, Kobe was, uh, from what I understand and what common perception is, uh, was a very good father yeah, and, yeah. and a good husband yeah. as well, like, yeah. so, like, tell, tell us about your initial reaction to this yeah i
3: think i think that um when i first thought of the same thing i was like i was at church and i just right. happened to like open up my phone and because it was like the sunday
0: eleven forty five kind of thing right yeah, yeah.
3: and i look and it says Kobe Bryant's died and it was same yeah. thing on apple news yeah. was saying that and i was like i was like what yeah. so the, i this is the
0: kind of thing i'll never forget like where yeah. i was you know it's like one of those moments like holy like yeah i can't believe this just happened like you, you remember the places that you're in yeah yeah yeah
3: in some ways it was, it was a really weird thing because it was yeah it, 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 it had that sort of an impact where you remember exactly where you doing where 100%. you were and I'm sure that like I this is like way overblown but like when JFK died like that's yeah. to me I, I can't I can't remember a time in my life where um I've had an experience like that when when I found out someone has died in such a yeah. like shocking way. Yeah. And to be honest with you it was a little um I was actually like a, a lot more rattled than I was expecting to be. Um the rest of the day I was just kind of like I was like looking at the news and I was I was watching some of the updates and different things like that. I was like refreshing Twitter,
0: hoping that it was a lie.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Like me too. And I was, I did the same thing. I went to Twitter and I was looking at all the the comments and I was hoping, I was hoping that it would be something like, oh, this is a misreport or something like that. That's a horrible thing to to, to have happened. But yeah, no, when it came out to be true, it's just sort of like, it was it was really impactful because like I said, it was somebody that when I was a kid, I remembered him coming in, and he had an impact on on right. me. And I was just starting to play basketball, and I think, to a certain degree, even though I said like Iverson was kind of my guy, all of us like modeled our model our Iverson, games like, after yeah. like Jordan or or uh, Kobe or Iverson. Like these kind of guys are the ones that we we pattern our game games after, and we want to play like. And so to see that happen, it was it was yeah it was kind of, it was so shocking uh i didn't love that all the the misreporting afterwards and oh my stuff goodness, like that that like was that was a real so embarrassment yeah. and a real like miscarriage of, yeah. of how, of how journalism i think that's a really worked.
0: good lesson for the journalism industry yeah right yeah so. you don't need to be first no be exactly. right be right right yeah so
3: but the yeah. other thing that i think the thing that was probably most shocking to me was the fact that like I work for UGM, so a lot of the, a lot of the people that... That is I mean, Union Gospel Mission, for yes, anyone so. <laughs> who's
0: who's <laughs> yeah. listening who doesn't know what that is.
3: Yeah, for Union Gospel Mission. And so, um, you know, I work with people that, like, can't afford bus passes. Right. Or, or they can't afford food. Um, and when he... Like, this guy's taken a helicopter to go to one of his daughter's travel. Right. Games, and suddenly it's just like, he's gone. He's just gone like gone from that. the earth. And yeah. it was just sort of, like, so... So shocking, and it doesn't matter. It's like that kind of that great equalizer, but it's also it's really shocking when it when it happens. And and yeah, it was it was it was really like I said, I was I was rattled. I was almost like emotional, um, in some ways with 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 it. And so it was uh, yeah, it was a it was a really interesting thing. And I think that a big thing is that as I was saying, like he if it felt like Kobe had these like phases in his life that he went through where. You know, he came in as that 17-year-old kid and was, like, trying to make rap videos. And right. And then he became a world champion. And then, oh, three, like, you can't tell the story of Kobe Bryant without talking about Eagle, colorado and what happened there and, you know, the fact that he was accused of sexual assault. Yeah. Um, but I feel like there's a lot of guys that when they get that second chance, there's, like, or when they start kind of going down that road... It's a slippery slope, and you start hearing more stories like that. 100. Kobe didn't seem to be like no. that. That was sort of it. Seemed like a wake-up call to our him. knowledge.
0: That is. Yeah, yeah
3: exactly. Okay. To our knowledge, to our knowledge, and that's we we only have what we, we have, only, right? Yeah. Um, but after that, there seemed to be a shift in the way that he he approached the game. Again, coming into that, like that shift from his number to kind of getting that Mamba mentality, and then as he. Progressed in his career, I think you're right, Ty. Like he became somebody that was a mentor to other players. He became somebody who, like, I mean, Kyrie Irving would he came and was like Facetiming Kobe after after they won. After they won, yeah. And um and like Norman Powell, this year was uh was working out with him on the um in the summertime. Exactly. And and these guys, like he 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 gave these guys such, such wisdom and mentorship and ke- like even the morning of, of the crash. He texts Sharif O'Neill. Right. And, and that, I think that speaks to the kind of, the kind of guy he was. And right. I think it was really impactful. What LeBron said after the, um, after their game a couple nights ago, where he said the most, the, in the last three years, he's known, obviously he's known Kobe since like the early two right. thousands and kind of has seen him along this, this whole journey he said the most happy he's seen him is in these last three years yeah 100 percent. as he's retired and become like a husband and a father father full time and like a mentor to so many guys yeah yeah
0: i think like what really sticks out to me about like is just like the the whole idea of like kobe had so much more to give yeah not only to like his family his wife uh and the guys he was like a mentor over but just basketball in its entirety right like I, f- I remember there was one episode I think that came out of the Kobe tapes. Do you remember this? Mm, I still so like it. It was basically just him sitting there, yeah, analyzing the oh, game, yeah, and it yeah. was like the most beautiful thing ever because yeah. it's just like that guy was a, a basketball, like a basketball mind, yeah. like basketball savant. Have seen like that few have seen right. Yeah. So I think that's just what really sticks out to mm. me um, at the end here. Yeah that he just had so much more to
3: give. Yeah, I think that's so true. I think that there was a lot more for him to give in a, in a lot of different areas too yeah. because you look at all the work that he was doing with like his production company and yeah. and, and the way that he led his, he was a businessman as uh-huh. well, right? Yeah. And he shifted that. You see that with LeBron a lot too. Yeah, yeah. and that, like with, with, I mean, Michael Jordan had kind of patterned that uh-huh. uh, with with Jordan, Jordan Brand and all that kind of yeah. stuff. But I feel like, I feel like Kobe took it to another level where he he had invested and was starting to do a lot even before he retired in like production companies and yeah. getting into film and those kind of things. And you see LeBron kind of patterning patterning himself in that in that same that same wavelength. And I think one of the unique things about basketball more than I'd say any of the other major professional sports is that the superstars you only need like one superstar and you can make the playoffs. If you have yeah. two superstars, you can win you can a, champion, win a championship. Win a yeah. And a lot of other sports aren't that way. So it's a star-driven league. These guys become 100%. become stars. Yeah. They and you they, cater the rest of your team
0: exactly. to those two stars. And then if your team, if that one star is good enough, if you have a transcendent talent, yeah, like a Kobe, yeah, MJ or LeBron. Then we're talking something else here. Yeah,
3: exactly, and that then from there it just goes like he's he's already set himself up in such a way where life after basketball is is something that he's he's got a lot of options totally. to do, yeah. and a lot of things and areas he can go into. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, Brendan, thank you so
0: much uh, for joining no us here. Any final thoughts?
3: Oh man, yeah. I don't know. I just it, overall like this is this whole. Thing. I'm like, I'm glad that I'm getting on yeah. to chat about it. Cause yeah, I feel yeah. like as it happened, there was a lot of, a lot of stuff that I was, I was thinking about yeah, and like feeling. Yeah. kind of working through. Working like, through. Like, yeah. And I'm it, like, it's the kind of thing that
0: didn't feel real for yeah. like, it's, it still in a sense, doesn't feel real. Mm-hmm. It's really starting to settle in now for me. Yeah. I would say right now I, we're currently eight days after yeah. uh, the incident. um But it's really just, it's really just like a shock
3: yeah Yeah. and and i think the thing that it it, it is is it's so funny it's like we these superstars we put them up and they become we elevate them and you know what maybe we do it too much but somebody like kobe was like an international icon exactly um he took the game to a place that it hadn't been it's like i just always feel like there's there's these stepping stones where jordan like and the dream team they broke in and they made the game international yeah, and then guys like Kobe and LeBron and even Iverson and Garnett, like all these guys that came after Michael right. Jordan, they blew the doors down worldwide. Right,
0: and and now that's paving the way for like Steph Curry's arguably the mo- well, I would say last year, yeah, was probably the biggest name in basketball. Yeah, for the last five years. Yeah, yeah, biggest for name sure. Internationally, maybe not in the states, and like in Canada, I'd yeah. say it would be LeBron, but internationally, Steph Curry was the the men yeah right and yeah. I'd say a, a part of that has to do with the demographic out in San Francisco yeah for sure um, definitely uh, but like yeah I think I think Kobe was really able to touch uh, an international basis because Kobe was huge in Asia too yeah, that's exactly. what people yeah. Uh, forget a lot of the time
3: it's like everything that kind of was was happening in basketball he like he took it to that next level 100 percent. and so like i the one of the craziest parts of this is that when when um somebody passes away that's a a a basketball player or any kind of like like superstar you see an outpouring of like sympathy and stuff like that yeah but how this has like crossed over so many generations so many age groups so many people who are sports fans or not sports fans they know who kobe is right
0: right and it's changed the league yeah like i think this this like completely unexpected passing of kobe is just going to alter the league for a while yeah and might even have some like drastic long-term effects on the game of basketball yeah so
3: Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it was. It's just been, it's been a really a shocking thing, and uh, I hate that we have to have a podcast and chat about it. Like, it sucks. And I, I, what you said too, like, there was there was eight other people in that in that crash, including his daughter. Like, it, the whole thing is a is a tragedy. Overall, it's it's a it's a it's a tragedy. We just talk about it a lot more because the guy is who he is. Very famous. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Anyways. Thank you so much, Brendan, for joining us here. We're going to get
0: on to our next segment. Alright, so for this segment of episode 24, we are going to be here with... Luke Retry. it's his first time on a podcast. How you feeling?
4: Really good. Yeah, really good. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Huh, there we go. We're uh, we're happy to have you here. So, Luke had reached out to me asking uh, if I was going to be writing a Kobe article, and I I I have written a Kobe article, and it's a part of issue number eight. So make sure you go check that out, released on Wednesday. So you're gonna you're gonna want to go read my Kobe article. Very emotional for me. Uh, partly because I was running it at like 2 a.m. So maybe that was just very heightened. But uh, Luke, tell us a bit about like your sports upbringing and like was ba- was basketball your thing?
4: Mm. Yeah, like growing up, I would say like I always had like an appreciation for basketball. I didn't end up playing it, but it's kind of one of like one of the few sports where I like I should have gone into it. And I right. really should have playing it because, right. you know, like I play like just like three on three with like a couple buddies. Yeah. And it would just be, like, a really good time and, 100%. you know, thinking that, you know, we're curry and, you know, trying to shoot shots from, yeah, like, yeah. half court and stuff and just, like, goofing off. But yeah. I think at the end, like, it's, like, a really good sport. Like, just, like, conditioning-wise, like, it's crazy. You're always, like, up oh, and down yeah. the floor, like, always putting in, like, a 100%. really good shape. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, I think what, like,
0: we saw a lot of, uh, because we graduated high school the same mm-hmm. year in the same area, because you're from Richmond yeah. and I'm from Ladner, like, 20 minutes mm-hmm. apart. And... We saw, like, basketball just become huge yeah, all over North America. And, like, you're going from, like, one year in high school, everyone's wearing baseball hats. Yeah. And the next, the next year you come and it's like, what the heck? Like, every kid has a perm now. It's yeah. like yeah. every kid's got a perm, yeah. <laughs> some Jordans, these, like, Jordan sweatpants, and, yeah. like, a Bulls hoodie or a champion yeah. hoodie, right? And that's yeah. just, like, totally copied the basketball style. So, like, yeah. I think... On a cultural level, a pop culture level, especially the the, the correlation between basketball and hip hop, mm-hmm. that made basketball really cool, yeah. as well as like the Raptors being good. I think the yeah. Raptors being good really enhanced that because yeah. it brought basketball to Canada, yeah. like legit, like Definitely. finally we're not watching Andrea Bargnani play, we're yeah. watching like some absolute like studs like yeah. we had the Lowry to Rosen era, and yeah. now like you win a ring with Kawhi and now yeah. like Pascal Siakam
2: mm-hmm. has
0: made has helped this transition from the post Kawhi era yeah. seamlessly he's yeah. the the team is like the best team in the NBA that no one's talking about kind mm-hmm. of thing very underrated um but what tell me about your capacity as an NBA fan so like when did this start mm-hmm. and what players or teams did you look up to
4: yeah um Right away. So I took kind of like my fan of sports like from my dad. And my dad like unfortunately kind of likes all the Boston teams. Really? Um, and yeah, looking at like the Celtics um, growing up, um, one guy like that I really idolized was Paul Pierce. Like he was okay. probably like at the top for me. Yeah. And also Steve Nash was just like someone I looked up to. I think um, every Canadian kid was yeah. like
0: Steve Nash is the
4: man. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And Steve Nash and another... You know, one of my favorite players growing up was Tracy McGrady Okay, as well as like seeing him on the Magic, like just doing all that, you know, like those crazy dunks, especially Uh that one in the All-Star game, that self alley-oop is just actually filthy. Yeah. Yeah. Just like seeing like those types of players and seeing like how diverse the game was and just seeing like how unique each player was. It really like, you know, spoke to the game back then. Yeah,
0: for sure. Okay. So those were like the players that you really looked up Mm -hmm. to. Why why is your dad a, a big Boston guy?
4: Uh, he grew up like absolutely idolizing Bobby Orr yeah. um, and like through that just all the bo- all, all the other Boston teams just kind of stemmed from that right um, okay. But yeah he like grew up idolizing Bobby Orr.
0: okay interesting. So we talked briefly about the Celtics. Uh, y- you touched briefly on the Celtics how you're a Celtics fan or yeah. or I'm assuming you still are Yeah so the rivalry isn't as present as it was mm-hmm. but there was a while there as we talked about before the yeah. podcast uh, the 2008 NBA Finals. Yeah. When you see, um, you see this four seed or four or five seed Celtics team mm. go on. They take the Heat in the first round. That was a yeah. D Wade team, really yeah. good team. Uh, then they go second round and mm-hmm. they go, they go beat, yeah, dethrone King yeah. James. Yeah. So that was LeBron's last season in Cleveland because yeah. that was kind of the last straw for him. It's yeah. like these these well well rounded teams can beat me in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Why not make my own well-rounded team? Goes to Miami, yeah. Then we see, eventually leading up to this Kobe, mm-hmm. this uh, this rivalry against Kobe and those guys. Like you're seeing Kevin Garnett and Kobe Bryant on the floor. That's arguably the two biggest, like most notorious competitors of all time, yeah. right there. So tell us a little bit about like those those rivalries between Kobe Bryant, those Los Angeles Lakers teams. Yeah. And of course your Boston Celtics.
4: Yeah, like so like upon like researching and stuff, this was like still like this was like still the era of like Kobe hasn't won without Shaq. Right. Um and you know, people still saying like, you know, Kobe like Shaq carried Kobe and stuff and right. um you know, we look at the two thousand eight finals whereas the Celtics and the Lakers and you know, the Celtics like handed them that like thirty point loss in game yeah. six and to clinch the title. Um, And people were seriously, like, doubting Kobe. And, like, Mm -hmm. you know, his legacy was, like, kind of on the line. Um, But then we see in 2009, like, the Lakers, like, beat the Magic Magic, in in five games. And Kobe takes home finals MVP. But the fans are still, like, it's not, like, it's not the Celtics. Yeah, exactly. Um, And so that was, like, the 2010. Like, it was, like, this old, like, kind of veteran Celtics team. Like, kind of, like, one last...
0: 100 percent. yeah
4: one last ride it again. brought you
0: back a little to like the magic bird thing but yeah. then it was revived with like this celtics big three that was yeah. rayon paul pierce and kg yeah. with like rondo who yeah. was crazy uh i think kendrick perkins yeah. was a part of that kind of whole yeah. deal too and like
4: glenn big baby davis yeah. as well Big baby coming off the yeah. bench big baby
0: was decent for yeah. a while he, he was he was also just so entertaining yeah so yeah okay So we kind of grew up in this LeBron generation, Mm -hmm. right? So what is your take on, like, Kobe's continued dominance throughout his 30s as well as his 20s? Yeah,
4: like, it's... I think that really speaks into, like, who Kobe was, just, like, always, like, trying to perfect his craft and, like, always trying to um, make sure that his body was, like, you know, as tip-top as it could be. Um, And you could really see the longevity, even, like, even up until, like, his Achilles... Um, still and even like past that a bit like he was still playing decently after that yeah. that injury and- he
0: did as much as he could and yeah. like uh i think it was his trainer said that like he had never seen a recovery like kobe's because mm-hmm. kobe just worked so hard at it like yeah. the guy ate well um there's a story byron scott i don't know if you remember mm-hmm. byron scott he yeah. uh, we this was i think before we were born actually because mm-hmm. we we're both 99s but byron scott uh kobe's Teammate, i think he was playing his last season in the nba uh, during kobe's year the year that kobe was drafted so he walks into the gym two hours before practice and an 18 year old kobe bryant is in the dark (laughs) just putting up shots Mm -hmm. and that's just like that just speaks like even as an 18 year old this guy like always had the mama mentality in him like and then like you see even just as his career goes on you hear stories like chris bosh telling uh in, in an interview when they were playing for team usa together mm-hmm. he says everyone's down there for breakfast it's like eight in the morning and kobe walks walks in he's like sweating mm-hmm. he's got ice on his knees <laughs> and he's in like a team usa practice jersey mm-hmm. like this guy just a work ethic like no other and it really yeah. shone through his game so yeah. like i had this book that had all of Kobe's workouts, his diet, uh, and like his like move, like signature moves that he liked to put on. Yeah, and obviously that didn't shine through in my play style. But, uh, <laughs> I, I wish it did. That would be awesome. Yeah. But um, you you see like how he's impacted a generation of young ballers. Mm-hmm. Would you say that seeing his work ethic like drove you in other sports? Because I believe you played soccer. Yeah. You played a bit of volleyball too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Soccer and volleyball were yeah. my
4: main things and like reading about like Kobe's like different work ethic stories that like, it like elevated my work ethic and inspired my work ethic, like not only in sports, but just life in general. Right. Cause like, for me, it's like how you do one thing is how you do everything. Right. And I think that's really how Kobe approached life in general was just going as hard as you possibly can until you can't right. anymore. And that's like something that's like really spoken to me. Um, Cause it like fed into like how I was raised as well. Like you're just going to work as hard as you can. Um, but Kobe like just somehow like took it to the next level and that's like how I want to apply myself even
0: off the court too like the guy was a crazy businessman yeah yeah okay so what was your we're going to conclude with this Mm -hmm. question fast forwarding to now um, you did touch on how you started to really like Kobe at the tail end of his career Mm -hmm. especially during his farewell tour yeah because you you really saw Kobe's character shine through in Mm -hmm. that so tell us a little bit about that
4: yeah so you know, like, reflecting back on the 2010 finals, like, that was, like, heartbreaking as a Celtics fan, just seeing, like, how good Kobe played against, yeah. like, a defense like the Celtics. Yeah. Um, and especially, like, on both ends of the floor, because, like, Kobe was, like, undeniably a great defender as 100%. well. um, And just, like, seeing, like, all, like, the great shots. He was making, like, all the difficult shots. Like, I was, like, so unbelievably frustrated. I was, yeah. like, just, like, cursing out Kobe, like, why did you do this? Right. Like
0: Well, like, the Kobe fadeaways, arguably... Yeah. Arguably the most uh, unstoppable shot yeah. in basketball history. I'd say the only other shots that stick out to me is like a Michael Jordan fadeaway, obviously. Yeah. Maybe LeBron, they, he, he's yeah. really developed that yeah. too. And then on top of that, obviously, the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar yeah. skyhook yeah. is unbeatable. But yeah. that Kobe fadeaway is just... I would say the most notorious Mm -hmm. of all, besides Kareem Skyhook, but we're, that's just a whole different era that we weren't really a part of, (laughs) right? Like, we didn't witness it, but, like, OK Boomer would be, like, Mm. (laughs) OK Boomer would just be all about, like, oh, Kareem Skyhook, best player of
4: all time. Yeah, Uh." yeah, yeah. okay. And, like, for me, like, just reflecting back on, like, Kobe's accolades and stuff, like, The fact that he only won at one MVP, like, is just, Crazy. like, insane. Crazy. Um, Like, his 81 points as well. Like, everybody yeah. talks about that just because of how great it was. Like, yeah. his 35.4 points 30, per 35 game. 35 game, yeah. Yeah. Like, That's what sticks out for me, yeah. I think. Yeah. And just, like, the consistency. And you see him, like, like over the majority of his career, like, it, he just gets better, 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 better. Um, As he gets older, it's, like, fine wine, like, of how yeah. of how he aged. Yeah.
0: And, and then the Achilles is what really did him
4: in, unfortunately. Yeah. So. And, yeah, just, like... Upon his farewell tour, I was like, like reflecting back on like how he, on how like he always like drew out this like frustration like yeah. and he, just because of how like good he was and like 100%. I'm like man like no other like player has like made me feel like this frustrated right so I think in a sense like my frustration is like what really made me a fan right. of his and like if that like makes any yeah. remote sense no, no, like, no, no. It is. I
0: feel that and I think like one thing that's really cool is seeing his mentorship to... Guys in the NBA Once he retired So like I know DeMar DeRozan And Kobe Were super close Kyrie Irving Yeah uh, Again another one of those guys And even Mm -hmm. like Like looking after young guys Like you heard You heard about the Sharif Mm O'Neal Uh uh, Thing So The morning of the crash You see Kobe DM uh, Sharif O'Neal He has a screenshot Of the message And Mm -hmm. he just says like You good fam Like, And they hadn't talked In like a while So it's just like so cool, like, like such a big deal of, like, like an icon, arguably the icon yeah. of the past 20 years yeah. is out there just, like, not only making a name for himself yeah. on the court, but off the court as, yeah. like, a great father and a mentor to yeah. many, so.
4: Yeah, and I think that's, like, the mark of, a, like, a really great leader is, like, looking for other people, other younger people that, you know, like, that can potentially, like, you can pass the, yeah, the torch to yeah.
0: Hondo p so last question here is what was your initial reaction to kobe's passing like obviously it was a huge shock to many yeah the kind of thing where you don't think like it's it's not real so i want to hear yeah. your insight in this yeah
4: um yeah it's i think it's just going to be one of those things is going to be like you're going to remember where you were yeah when where, you heard the where news. were you I was in my car after okay. church. Yeah, so um, I was in the
0: foyer after church wow. when I saw it, yeah. And
4: I just, like, see, like, the notification. I'm like, mm-hmm. that, like, no, like, it can't. There's no way. It can't be real, like, yeah. how, like, it's, like, it's got to be fake. And mm-hmm. then you just see, like, more and more of it. I'm just, like, I'm in, like, complete shock. Like, Yeah, um, yeah just, like, complete and utter shock, like, kind of denial in a sense, like, how, Yeah. kind of, like, how did they like just so many questions as well just being confused and
0: the false reports really pissed me off yeah i think rightfully so just and also like the fact that the bryant family finds out from tmz it's just like such sleazy yeah like we like that just is a mark of like you have no ethics like what are we doing yeah like it's not about being first i think it's about being accurate and it's being respectful too exactly because that's just like is defamatory towards tmz now it's like mm-hmm. that just looks bad on them and anyone else who reported it um prior to the brian yeah. family finding yeah, exactly. so anyways luke yeah. thank you so much for joining yeah. a, a very short segment and uh any yeah. final thoughts on kobe's legacy
4: man he's like one of the best one of the greatest of all time does. yeah you know like you can't really like him and michael jordan are so similar yeah. as well and like you got that from jordan himself like you know kobe is like Mm -hmm. probably like the greatest i'd consider because he he copied all my moves kind of thing and then like now we have like these younger players like copying kobe's moves Uh and it's just fantastic and you know like i'll be shouting kobe every time i shoot yeah 100 paper into it's it's like i i
0: like felt like weird saying it the first two days because it was so like instinctual yeah like like it was it was super like it was just always something i did right it's like muscle memory coming out of my vocal cords yeah kobe but it's like man Like it's just so weird to say yeah. now. So I like I'm I'm taking a taking a bit of time off. I'm yeah. I'm walking over to garbage cans now. Yeah. When I feel when I feel comfortable with it yeah. again, I'm gonna be uh, giving paying my tribute oh, yeah. to Kobe every time yeah, I uh, sure. crumple up a piece of paper. Yeah. So, anyways, Luke, thank you much. Thank you yeah. so much for joining.
4: Thank you and so much for having. Yeah. me. This was no, awesome.
0: No, so awesome having you on. A very short segment, mm. but we're gonna get right on to our next one here for episode 24 of the
2: Mars Hill Sports Podcast.
0: On January 26th, 2020, a helicopter accident shocked the world. Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace, Gianna Bryant. Rest in peace, Christina Moser. Rest in peace, John Altobelli. Rest in peace, Carrie Altobelli. Rest in peace, Alyssa Altobelli. Rest in peace, Sarah Chester. Rest in peace, Peyton Chester. And rest in peace, Ara Zobian. Thank you for listening, and this was episode 24 of the Marshall Sports Podcast. If you got a minute, check out episode 25 and the special announcement it's going to be coming at the very end of that episode. So, have a great rest of your weekend and go catch some Spartans games. The men's and women's volleyball teams are uh, in some exciting playoff series. The women's team just won, so they're going on to the Can West finals. Men men's team is currently up one nothing in sets over University of Brandon, Manitoba. Anyways, thank you so much for joining us, and
2: bye-bye for now.